Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. And I have, have you ever met a wellness warrior? If you have not met a wellness warrior, you're about to meet one in my guest today, Karen Cooper. She helps people get well with their health, with their finances, with a lot of other things. And and listen, I probably should have prepared for battle today working with a wellness warrior like Karen Cooper, but it is my honor to have her today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Karen, how are you? I'm doing very well. It is. I appreciate you having me on today. I, this is going to be fun because I want to start here. What is your definition of a wellness warrior? Because, again, I think people – I love that, that title because I think people battle. Those are yeah. some of the biggest battles that they face in life is – battling their weight. I've I, I battled my weight most of my, well, all of my adult life and, and finances and things like that. How did that come to you? And, and, and what does that, that definition mean to you, wellness warrior? So how it came, I'll answer how it came to me and then I'll give you the definition. How it came to me was uh, the title, well, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, so I finally decided to take control of my health. That's kind of like the short version um, of it, and I had seen many other people do the same and earn extra income doing so, and I finally was like, just had enough and said, yeah, it's time. And it suddenly became a passion of mine, something I didn't know that I was interested in, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. And so where it came from is a lot of people were asking me if I was a coach. And, and when people ask you that, they think you're certified in something. And I don't have any certifications. Like, I'm not a certified coach. You know, Karen, you don't need – I don't think you need certifications to be a great coach because, again, it's, it's, the, it's what you – it's the knowledge you have here. It's not what's on a piece of paper. Oh, agreed. But peop- that's not necessarily – you're, you know, one of the many who think that, but there are others who don't. So right. they would be like, well, you're a coach, and, you know, they would think something else of it. So it was like, okay, what what – am I, you know, because I'm not, I am a coach, but I don't have the certification. So how do I phrase it so that people are going to be like, oh, wait, you know, she can actually help me. So I came up, actually, it's, it's mine and somebody else that I, that one of my teammates came up with Wellness Warrior because they work, because it's not just weight wellness, it's overall yeah. wellness. And Warrior, I'm, I'm, I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> well, Karen, here's the thing about coaching and things like that. I have helped coach, uh, my son graduated high school in the spring of 2019, a year and a half ago, I helped coach his baseball team. Mm-hmm. Neither the Yankees or the Mets are going to hire me to manage their ball clubs because my husband coached my son's team, my son's baseball team. Yeah, and, and to your to your point, just because someone says they're a coach right. doesn't doesn't make them. But but I love I love the fact, and, and I didn't mean to jump in there, but I love the fact with you that people said, "Do you coach? Can you help me?" What were you hearing in those conversations with folks that really just said to you, oh, my goodness, there is a need here that I can really fill? 
I was hearing desperation. I mean, that's what I was, uh, quite frankly. That's how I kind of, you know, it was for me. I just hated the way I looked at pictures. I was, like, I was miserable, and I played the victim card really well. And one of the things that, like, people don't realize is it's also about the mindset. So when you think of, of health and wellness, you think of weight. You don't think of what your mind does and how your mindset is. And so that's part of the reason why I kind of share that too. And that's why it's, it's wellness and not like weight. You know what I'm saying? The weight, yeah. the word weight isn't in there. And when I, when I talk to people, a lot of people aren't, a lot of people are like me where it was, you're told, this is what you do. You go to college, you know, you go to college, you graduate college, you get a good job and that's the way it is. And that's what you do. You know what I mean? And it's not necessarily the way it is, especially now. Well, Karen, it's funny. You, you, it's almost like you've been eavesdropping into my house because we've had these conversations with my 20-year-old son who's a sophomore in college. And they're, you know, they're doing classes virtually and things like that. And he comes to me one day and he said, Dad, why do I need a college degree? Why, you know, I see people my age monetizing on YouTube mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And I said, look, the discipline of a degree is that you started something and you completed it, and the, the marketability behind it for employers is they see stability, they see hmm. stick to itiveness, they see these other things that come with it. And, and, and I love what you just said there because I think you have a lot of young people kind of questioning, mm -hmm. you know, why are we doing things mm -hmm. and things like that. I want to go here for just a minute. Because you, you also said something there I want to extrapolate a little more conversation out of is the fact of you said you you were you were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yep. And there are a lot of people during this pandemic that are feeling exactly mm -hmm. the same way. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the point and, and we're we're fast forwarding a little bit and we'll come back and, and, and really dive into your story. But I want to know what that V8 moment is. I call it that V8 moment. That aha moment? Like yeah, that aha moment. moment. Yeah. Well, V8, I mean, people just recognize the commercial. If you're old enough, if you're old if like, you're old like me, me. Yeah, you, you like you <laughs> hit yourself with that. I could have had a V8. Yeah. Um, they need to sponsor the Intentional Encourager podcast, by the way, because I, you know, I have a lot of V8 moments. Are they still around? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know what? You, listen, I had a customer that made salsa, and that their secret ingredient was. And they're not in business any longer, but that was their secret ingredient was spicy V eight, spicy V eight juice. Yeah, it was, and their salsa was delicious. So, again, if anybody from V eight is listening, contact me at the Intentional Encourager <laughs> podcast. We have a sponsorship opportunity for you. But what was that moment for you, Karen? <laughs> We've gone off the rails a little bit. Um, what was that moment for you where you just said, "Wow, I, I did not realize how sick and tired and I was of being sick and tired." Um, I don't know that there was a specific moment per se. Um, what I, it was just like, you know what? I had watched all these people that I exercised with lose weight and start earning income. I had, you know, I was just, I quit smoking. That's what it was. I quit smoking and for, and like it was a few years after I quit smoking and I was like, and I was exercising and I, I, I wasn't eating right. I'll be very honest, but but I was like, I was still like, wait, when you quit smoking, you're supposed to feel good. Like, how come I don't yeah. feel good? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exer like, it, like, like, you know, from the minute you put on your running shoes, you go buy these nice Nikes or whatever, you put those on. They're supposed to be a magical transformation, right, Karen? 
but it was four years later. Like it wasn't even like I was expecting it. Like, right, five that's minutes exactly after it. I quit. Yeah. It was literally yeah. like a what, and I was like, well, what's going on? And it's funny that I think of it now because you know people like think oh, like like that with the health and wellness. So that was kind of the moment for me when I was like. Because I was, I was also like, how do I fit this? I was also, I was the type of person who I didn't have the time. I didn't have the time to take on an extra business. Like, how was I going to do this? I have two kids. They, they, you know, my my daughter was in softball. My son's in baseball. You know, how was I going to fit? And I work full time jobs. Like, how was I? God gonna bless you. I've been that? there and done that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And my you, son, you feel my, like my you live your college also. Well, by the way. well, Karen, you feel like <laughs> as a parent, and I love this conversation we're having because I'm having flashbacks because. You know, when I wasn't coaching my son's freshman year of playing baseball, when I wasn't coaching, my wife sat together on cold April days in West Virginia and froze together. We were huddled up to like, oh, you guys are so cute together. Like, no, we're just cold. Just cold. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when, when my son played high school basketball, I, I did PA for for the game. So my wife and I never sat together. So there were many of night. There were many a nights, mm-hmm. and I have flashbacks that we would come in, literally grab something to eat or just grab the gear and get something on the way or on yep. the way home. And, and it, it's it, you, you for four years, you lived that. And you had a son and a daughter. And, you know, we just did it with one. You did it with two. And so uh, my my proverbial hats off to right. you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was it was concession food. I mean, it was, you know, you're, you're at a baseball field yes. and you're eating, yes. eating concession food. You know, um, and then because like they were both on the same in the same league when they were younger, um, and then uh, my daughter went on to high school softball, and my son still plays travel baseball. Um, he's fourteen, she's nineteen, but oh my god, there was a Wendy's right by the baseball field. Like I'm not even joking. Like literally, mm-hmm. we would leave the field, <laughs> go to Wendy's, go to the drive-through, get food, or figure out something in the house because you know we worked. We and my husband coached also like you, and it was just like we would you know, kind of throw something together, kind of a thing. Yeah. Or you know, I just get a burger at the concession stand. It was totally that lifestyle for the longest, longest time. You don't feel like you're ever going to eat a regular meal again. No. From Never. from and, and for us, it was we got a break. So our break was baseball ended in April, late April. So from May to well, he, my se- my son's senior year, he played he played soccer for his Christian school. So we had a May to to August break, and then from September straight through to to the end of April, it was like yep. that for us. Like, are we going to eat a regular meal again? Yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was see, and we're the opposite because we're baseball and softball, so we're spring. So we oh, start yeah. in April, yeah. or you know, we start in like maybe February, March is when the practices start, and then you know it runs through the summer and everything. I mean, my son. At the moment, he's going to be doing, um, like, um, his team has, you know, strength and conditioning, and he's yeah. a pitcher, so he's, so that starts in January. So now oh, absolutely, it's like, yeah. yeah. So I it's was, like I was January to the ba- summer. Yeah. <laughs> I was a high school baseball pitcher, trust me. And it's, and it's far different today, you know, I, I played in the late 80s, early, you know, late, late 80s to, to 19, 1990 was my senior year of high school. And our coach always made us run, you know, starting in January because you were a pitcher. Yep. You had to build up your legs, and, and our coach made us run. And so, yeah, you, you just – you learn how to function and do yep. those things. 
God bless you. This should be the intentional psychiatry podcast. <laughs> you know, we're just gonna we're just gonna cry on each other's shoulders here for the next for the next forty minutes or so. Just hang with us as we weep together. You know, Karen and I weep together. But no, God bless you. I mean, those yeah. th- those days to me are just. You know, I look back on those those times of of our ki- your, your kids playing sports, and you're just like, man, oh man. But you you had that that moment for you like this is not healthy for me right. and and in my in our lifestyle. So what did you begin to do to change some of those things that you were doing? And then you know how did how did others see that change? Because something had to happen yeah. for people to see what happened to you and to respond accordingly to to reach out and say, Karen, can you help me do the same thing? So. It was so I had been exercising with all of these people who joined the health and wellness company. And and so I finally said yes to the opportunity to join them in this health and wellness company and partner with this health and wellness company. And so that's what I did. I finally was like, okay, fine. I'll I'll drink the Kool-Aid, as we say. And so that's what happened. So what happened was two things happened with me. I lost weight in terms of body weight. So I lost like 20 pounds. But what happened also was that my mindset changed dramatically. So I was very much the person who was like, played the victim amazing. So I was, everything was happening to me. You know what I mean? I complained about everything. I was that type of person. And along with the health and wellness came this personal development. So I dove into it. I was like, because like I said, when you when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you you just dive into everything and you're willing yeah. to do anything that comes with it. So I dove into the personal development aspect of it, and I realized, and I still do it. Five I'm five years into the business, and I'm, every day I read something or listen to a video or something. And so my mindset shifted a lot too. I became a lot more motivational. I became a lot more positive. I became a lot more. I've always been like you're right about the psychology. I've always been a people's therapist. Like that's always been like I joke that I yeah. grew up in a psychiatrist. Um, so I've always been like that, but I'm more so. Like I've always been supportive, but like my outlook changed. That's what it was. My mindset changed. And so that was a huge shift also that people noticed. So people were like, wait, what are you doing? What's wh- where's And where's the character? And I didn't change who I am. I'm very sarcastic in nature. Um, I'm very blunt. I'm very real. That None of that changed. Like the core of me didn't change, but a lot of other things changed about me. And to your point earlier about college, about what your son, my daughter's a sophomore in college right now, too. And she's off campus. So she's virtual, but in an off-campus apartment. And I was like, if you want to go, cool. If you don't, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that's because of what I now know. I'm like, I get that you could be an entrepreneur. There's so many other things you can do. It's not yeah. a requirement per se. It's, you know what I mean? And I know people go crazy about that, but whatever. Um, so that's kind of what happened. So people are like, wait, what are you doing? I don't understand. You know, so that's when the conversations start happening about, well, this is what I'm doing. And then it became sort of, wait a minute, I I really enjoy this. And I know all these things that I didn't know. I did Slim Fast back in the day. I did Weight Watchers, all these things. And I'm not mocking any of it, but it, it was the mentality of it. To, to sustain a healthy lifestyle, you have to have the right mindset. Because it's, it's otherwise just like a quick fix and you're going to be done and you're never going to go. But you're, that's so what why you was it? Off. I got to jump in here. So what was it that you learned? Because – a lot of people today in, in this time that we're recording, we're recording in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are working from home. A yep. lot of people's lives, their routines have been altered. Um, I've been working from home now for nine months. My routine has been, well, 
my my old routine was altered. My right. new routine is is right. doing certain things. Was there something that you learned before that helped that has helped you through the time that we're in now? That is my choice. That's what I learned. I learned I learned that I, I have the choice of how I react to things. I have the choice to whether or not to do things. Uh, you know, you know. I said I was too busy. I watched and what happened. And and I took. Um, I had the choice, but I also took um, inventory. I actually looked in the mirror and took inventory of myself. And doing that is really, really hard and really, really messy and really, really ugly, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But I think necessary whenever you, whenever it is that you do something, whatever that may be, and if you're willing to make a change. And so that's what I learned. I learned that it's really important to, to look inward, really ask yourself a lot of hard questions, and that you honestly have the choice of things. Things mm -hmm. happen. We're in a pandemic. I get it. But yeah. There's only so much I can control about this pandemic, specifically, I mean, about this pandemic, because of everything around me, what can I control and how do I react to that? That's what I learned um, about that. And I learned about some, and, and so this, I learned about um, that it's really important to work your mind, honestly. This is, yes. it's really important. Health and wellness is not just about what you feed in yourself in terms of your mouth, it's also what you feed in your mind and who you're surrounding yourself with. But that was like a big, huge, huge lesson for me because I was always a very loyal person to a fault. Well, and I love what you said there about, and you used a word intentionally. You used the word inventory. And so when, 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 you, when you take a physical inventory, if you own a retail establishment or you own something that has physical product to it and you take an inventory, you are looking everywhere and you're specifically counting everything. You don't want to miss anything because that affects the numbers that you have to report and put on the books and things like that. And I think when people say, well, I've taken inventory of everything, I saw in, in, in what you just said, and those you'll see it on video, and, and hear what you heard, hear what I heard you say, that you were intentional about really looking at everything. Because, you know, and again, I wanted to, to, to pull that out of what you said, inventory, because if you're really going to take inventory of, of your life and, and what you're doing, you've got to look at everything. You can't just look at what's in front of you and say, well, this, is, this must be it. You've got to go a little deeper, right, Karen? Right, exactly. And that's, and, but that's the part, that's where it gets hard, and that's why people don't. Or, or they tiptoe into it and then realize how hard it is and don't want to do it. And that's why I say it's messy and it's ugly. But you know what? I was afraid, I think, also that I was going to change who I was. Like, oh, doing all of this was going to change me at the core, and it didn't. And I think that's also what I like to tell people is that it, you don't have to change at the core who you are. It's just a matter of expanding things. And it, and it's enriched my life like I can't even tell you. Was it? Did you find something? Because and I want to park here for just a minute on on this concept of inventory. Did you find something as you were searching yourself yes. that you didn't think was there? Because again, and I want to go back to that concept for just a minute. When you take inventory, a physical inventory, you you can say, well, the, you know, our our records show we have we should have this on hand. 
and, and invariably in, in companies that I've worked for that have taken physical inventory, they find, oh, we, this was hidden on the shelf in the back somewhere, and we didn't account for it before, and we found it. Or there were, there's supposed to be five of these. There's only, there's only two of these. What happened to the other three? Did you find some surprising things when you did that self-inventory reflection that you said, I didn't know these things were here, or I didn't realize I was missing these components? Um, it was a matter, it was funny, it wasn't even that I was missing, I realized what was, hold, I was holding my, so I realized I was holding myself back, I wasn't really, I'm very real and very, often the word authentic is used a lot, but I'm, I love I'm always, I've always been that. like that anyway, like that's just who I am, and I show the good, bad, and ugly, no matter what, but I was definitely <clears throat> holding myself back, like I, and, and so I realized it was that, I, it was, it was, it was, um, fear like so i realized i was it was funny because i was like well why aren't things happening well because it was me so yeah. that was one of the, the the thing is you're thinking it's other things or whatever but when you look really hard at yourself and i was like why is this not working or why is this not doing it whatever it may be i was like wait a minute i'm holding myself back and then i was like okay i'm holding myself back because I was afraid of success or something, you know, and that's exactly what it was. I love that. You yeah. took ownership. I was petrified of, of like, I would took, that's what happened. This is my specific case. I was like, I want all these things. I want to be, you know, financially free. I want to pay for, for something, you know, for, for college for both my kids and all these kind of things. I've been, been financially unstable for so long. Mm -hmm. And that was, so that's a huge piece for me. That's my personal story. So I was like, well, what is going on? And that's what I mean. Like when you're taking personal inventory, you've got to look honestly at yourself first. Yeah. Because, and I never believed in energy or anything like that until I started doing all of this. And you are kind of the energy you attract and whatever. So it was like, well, why aren't things happening the way I think they should be happening? Or I want them to be happening. Well, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, or you're not doing it full force enough that yeah. it should be done. And, and I realized I was afraid of, success and honestly this pandemic made me the real aha moment was just stepping into it just now i gotta yeah. just step into my power and that's what i've been doing karen what's the biggest thing and, and i love what you said because you you were talking about taking ownership it was really about taking ownership yeah. so as you're coaching people as a wellness warrior what is the biggest obstacle that you see that are holding people back from really getting to that step that they want to take and I'm not asking you for specifics. I'm asking you in generalities. What's the number one thing that you have seen that holds people back from really getting to that that true wellness, physically, financially, spiritually, whatever it is? It's the mindset. Honestly, they're afraid. They're they're afraid to to take that step, or they've 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 attempted to change their lifestyle before. And it's never worked. So they're very they're skeptical. That's the word I was looking for. They're, they're very – skepticism is huge, huge with a lot of people. They're like, yeah. how do I know this is going to work for me? What's the difference in this compared to the 400 other health and wellness things that are out there? Those are and, – and the cost. Those are like the three biggest um, issues that, that people – you know, talk to me about and 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 what I I drink a shake and so it's part and my a shake is my meal. So that's the other thing. It's like, well, I want to eat food, and so people don't realize. So then it's a matter of me just and I ask them questions. That's the other thing. I yeah. talk to people and ask them questions. But yeah, people are just very very skeptical 
especially if they've done other things to try to clean up. Don't you hate it when you can't find the word that you're thinking about? (laughs) You're just kind of like, you're you're just kind of like, I I know what I want to say. I know exactly, I know what I want to say and I know how I want to say it. And then it just, it's kind of like, but where did it go? Hey everybody, Brian Sexton here. I want to tell you about our sponsors, SEO National. SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization. Now what's that, you might say? Well, Search Engine Optimization helps you show up higher on search engines in front of paying customers for words that you as a business owner can monetize. What a great concept. SEO National is owned by my good buddy Damon Burton, who's been a guest here on the Intentional Authority Podcast. Not only has Damon and his team worked with businesses of all sizes, from e-commerce startups to NBA teams and Shark Tank featured businesses, but more importantly, Damon and his team are about transparency, trust, and providing lifetime value. So much so that he still has his first customer after opening SEO National 14 years ago. Let me give you some intentional encouragement and call Damon and his team today at 855-736-6285 or go to www.seonational.com and get a free quote today. Also, I can remember song lyrics, but I can't remember words. Uh, exactly. Well, listen, <laughs> for me, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. My dad had a habit. My, my late father had a habit. He would go around and just sing bits and pieces of songs just randomly. Guess who else does that? Yep. You know, and, and I, I'll do the same thing, and I'm like, how in the world did I pick this up? And I guess it's just just genetics. I don't know. But yep. hey, dive into your story real quick because you've got a tremendously fascinating story. And, and for full disclosure, uh, Karen and I have been involved in something called a po- the Positivity Chat. If you go back a couple of uh, a few episodes, I had Steve and Karen, Steve Sullivan and Karen Markle on together. And I go back and I would encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast there. And, and they've got solo podcasts here on the Intentional Encouragement Podcast. So that's where we met. But mm-hmm. take me, I don't really know your story, and I want to know your story. So take me as far back okay. as you want to take me from point A to, to where we are today and tell your story. Uh, my story is, you know, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I got married and moved to Staten Island. That's the short version of that. And I have two kids. Like do I you know any of the impractical jokers? Because that's, I do you not. Know, Either. Well, for that, because you you have to think that's the number one question for people like myself that they live in certain areas of the country. It's like, oh, I'm from Staten Island. Great. Do you know any of the impractical jokers? And I, I will tell you this story. There was a young man that my son went to high school with. He was a year behind my son. He and his twin brother went to, to the same Christian school. And this young man, God love him, he was such a big impractical jokers fan that he created an Instagram account called Will Sal Responds. And every day he would send Sal a message and, and just hoping that he Duh. would respond. And, uh, and, and Sal never responded. And, and, and so I, I got into where I tweeted to him and I said, please respond to this young man. You know, you would make <laughs> his world if you responded to him. And it became, and I, I don't think to this day they, they, the, the two young men graduated this past spring, and 
I don't know that that uh, okay. Sal Volcano ever responds. If you see him in Staten Island, tell him. please tell him to respond <laughs> to to Robert Clutter here in West Virginia. I okay. absolutely yeah. will. I absolutely will. Um, so yeah, so that's so that was it. Um, and you know, I was you know I'm the typical you know like I said, you go to college, get a job, whatever. So I wanted to be a veterinarian, but I switched things and I went into advertising. So I worked in advertising after I graduated college for for many 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 years, and then like I said, by and I loved it and I enjoyed it and I had a lot of parties and I started in '92, in in corporate America and advertising and it's a great it's a great industry it really is it's a fun awesome yeah. great industry but and you're in the epicenter of the advertising world there in 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 the New York City yeah. area yeah yeah so I worked in advertising agencies I worked in different various companies and whatnot and it was a really really awesome i loved it i mean i did it i really really enjoyed advertising i enjoyed the people there was nothing bad about it but like i you know like i said uh five years ago well more than that i actually said no for four years so um i started working out after my father had passed away nine and a half years ago i just needed an outlet and so i met all these people and all and then all these people were introduced to this program, this health and wellness company. And Karen, so they me, went on. Karen, let me jump in there. I think that's really important because you and I had you had you and I have a connecting piece there with losing our dads. And you said you needed an outlet. Yeah. And I and I think what happens at times is, and I can totally empathize with that because when you lose a parent, someone close to you like that, I lost my dad. My dad and I worked together when I lost him. You really it I love what you I had I had to jump in there and park on that because that is so important because you need something to fill that void in your life Mm -hmm. you need something to release that grief and that stress and that Mm -hmm. emotion can I ask for just a minute and and again you 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 as comfortably as you want to to tell that when you lost your father nine and a half years ago how what what was the outlet that you sought and and how did it help you kind of get through that that grief period that you were having because that that speaks to me yeah one it was, directly it, yeah and he it was on unex- you know he it was not mine was my same thing with my father totally not, totally unexpected um so it was it was really hard and i was worried about you know my mom and stuff like that so yeah it me was, too it was and yeah. i'm here and my brother's in texas so it's like it was like everything was kind of on me, and so because um, my mom still lives in Brooklyn. But no, so that's what happened. I, you know, it's funny. My cousin uh, taught Zumba, um, so you know, my father died in April of of eleven, and and it was really really hard. And my cousin kept posting and uh, about her Zumba on Facebook. You know, come join me in my Zumba class or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Fine. Because yeah. I used to work out in my twenties. You know, nine and a half years ago, I was in my forties. And so I was like, you know what, screw it. I'll go to her class and see what it's about. You know, because I needed something. It was like at night. And it was at night. That was the other thing. Because at least I could, you know, then come home from work. You know, my kids were nine and five at the time. My husband was home. I can, it's something I can do for me. Because I never yeah. did anything for me. Yeah. And so I started going to her class. So that was kind of my outlet. 
And then from her class, there was another person in her class that became a Zumba instructor. That person was introduced to the health and wellness company. And she, you know, we were all in the Zumba family together. And so I knew what they were doing and everything. I saw them lose weight. I saw them earn money, you know, doing, you know, sharing this with others and whatnot. And that's when I finally, after four years, I was like, wait a minute. Like I said, I don't feel good. I quit, I quit smoking for a year after my father died. I quit smoking. Like I started now, then I started probably back, back then, I started slowly taking the inventory of myself. And then I Do you think it was, was like, okay. that moment? I didn't oh, sure. mean to interrupt you, but for sure. th was it that moment in your life where you said, this may be because life has a way, yeah. Karen, of of just laying things in our laps yeah. that force us into different things right. and doing different things and, and having them and being different things. Do you feel like that, that your father's death really was that moment for you where you said, here's the impetus for change that I really need and I've needed for a long time? I a hundred percent, but I didn't know it at the time, if that makes any kind of sense. It makes like, perfect sense. <laughs> it makes perfect, because here's the thing, and, and I wanted to, th that's the reason I wanted to, to kind of park there for just a second, because so many people, as we record this, and, and 2020 has just been an unbelievable year. I cannot, I'm 48 years old, I've never seen a year like it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going through those moments where they have said, I've had something or I know someone mm -hmm. that had a life-altering event yep. and, and had that moment of, oh, my goodness, this, this has rocked me to my core. I, I felt that when my dad passed away eight years ago. Um, as we record this today, um, Today is the eighth anniversary of my father's memorial wow. service. I had to step I had to step into that spot and deliver my dad's eulogy. I didn't have to, I wanted to. But but again, to your point, Karen, and I think this is a really important conversation, is that sometimes in life, the darkest, worst thing that happens to us turns out to be the best thing. Yes. That happens to us. Correct. So you decide to pour yourself from this tragic event you decide to pour yourself into health and wellness yep. what take me wh what happened after that kind of take me um you're starting you quit smoking you're starting yep. to do some things in your yeah. life that so are so i quit smoking um i was still doing so I, I started the zumba and i kept doing that but then i was then i was also doing uh different types of i i thrive in a class setting when I go to the gym. So I was doing boot camp classes. So then I just started doing more difficult, more challenging things in the gym and whatnot. And then um, and then I started in the health and wellness. And then I started to realize, wait a minute, I can actually take care of me and it's not the worst thing in the world. Because as a mom and a wife and a, just as I think as women, we just take care of everybody else but ourselves. That's a great <laughs> point. That is really a great point because my wife, for the last three plus years of her grandfather's life, and we just lost our grandfather almost a month ago. He was ninety, almost ninety-nine. And she, you know, my wife, we we live next door to my <clears throat> to my wife's grandparents, and my wife stepped in when when his dementia started to to present itself. She she stepped in and really became his caregiver. 
and you know until he went to a, an assisted living facility. So you're right. I think those those God given maternal instincts just kick in, and 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 you ladies see things a lot of times that even the most sensitive of guys don't see, and it, and it's like, well, I've got to I've got to start doing this. I've got to to do this and that. And sometimes, you know, and, and I'll, I'll be very transparent, Karen. A lot of times, men don't understand that because we go, well, wait a minute. I'm getting left out in the cold here, you know. I, yep. you know, I, I, I want, you know, affection or 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 mm-hmm. things like that, and I'm being left out here. And it's not the case. It's just it's that instinct inside of, of right. of a woman, that natural instinct that says, okay, but somebody else needs to be taken care of first, right. and and needs need to be met. Did you start seeing parts of yourself? emotionally physically you know because physically I, i'm sure exercise it changes it changes you and, and yeah. you look different and feel different things like that what were did you start to tap into some emotional things oh, as sure. well too oh uh, i'm i'm generally a happy-go-lucky type of person anyway that's why uh-huh. we get along so well i just don't care <laughs> First of all, and also by the way it's interesting just to digress my father had alzheimer's it's funny but he died before it got worse so like kind of like i'm like it's not such a bad thing yeah. um so it's interesting that your grandfather has uh, your wife's grandfather had dementia but no i absolutely it was it was interesting because once i started exercising once i started quitting smoking once i started you know with the program i was like it was it was it was different. Like, I don't know how to describe it. And once, because also it was about who I was spending my time with, too. So all of that combined, like I said, I'm normally happy-go-lucky. I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, about a lot of, you know, how people think of me and whatnot. Um, I mean, I do dance breaks live on Facebook every day, so clearly I'm insane. But um, People just hear me <laughs> talk and they go, yeah, Brian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, well, insane. Oh, totally. Yeah. But I, I started to notice that how I how I spoke to my kids was different. So that was you know what I mean? Like yeah. it was yeah. it was how I spoke to others was different. Like how I how I dealt with things was different. So I totally started noticing um not just a physical trans and you know, and not just in terms of that, but oh yeah, totally how I was like, you know, dealing with certain things. And I also felt less overwhelmed. That was the big thing that I felt. I was yeah. like, I'm running all over the place. I feel like I don't have five seconds you know what I mean? That kind of a thing. And I kind of felt like almost Zen-like, if mm-hmm. that makes any kind of sense. So no, it, it makes perfect sense because like all that. Well, it, it, you, when you when you are starting to accomplish things, you do feel like you can tackle the world because yep. because you, you have you, you started to overcome this really big, huge obstacle in your life. Mm-hmm. And in 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 overcoming those things, accomplishments build on top of themselves. But what accomplishment does, it it is it, it is an incredible confidence booster. Oh, so right. I I totally understand why you would feel the way that you felt, in that you, you're saying to yourself, "Oh my, I I am really, I, I'm kicking butt right now. I am I, I'm yeah. performing at such a high level." Yeah, and I, I was, and then I, 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 I started doing things I never thought I could do or would want to do, like a rugged maniac. I mean, like, you know, it was ridiculous. I was just doing crazy, crazy things, and it was awesome. 
and that's the thing too is is that you understand that when you do those kinds of things, then you say to yourself, "What else can I do?" So exactly. So take me through, take me a little bit further to to where you are now. Did that kind of build on on that and say, "Okay, look, if I can transform myself, yep. I can help other people." Yep. And, and and really, what was that moment for you? where it all just came together and you said this is it the the wellness warrior this is it um honestly even though i've been doing it for five years more recently like i always knew i can do it and whatnot um but my corporate job ended the same time that COVID hit <laughs> quite frankly so this year was when i was like you know what it's time to go full force it's really time to just dive in and go big or go home. You know what I mean? Like I always had that that niche and I always was like very mm -hmm. passionate about showing people it's okay to be healthy. It's okay to put yourself first. It's okay to earn uh, money in a different way other than like the normal and that kind of a thing. Yeah. But this year I really dove deep, deeper, I should say, into, you know what? No, this is this is going to be it for me and, and, and I need to really be bolder and just go out there and just show the world what this is all about and be unapologetic about it. When you lost your corporate job, kind of take me through some of those feelings. Were you relieved or did you say, you know, <laughs> were you relieved in that that you said to yourself, and, 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 and I don't want people to misunderstand where I'm asking the question. I, 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 I actually, and I, not to interrupt you, but I, no, I, no, I no, understand. Go, I, I, I understand what you're saying exactly. And, and I, I actually – so I was in, a, I think it was three years ago, I lost my, and I was turning 50. So three years ago, I lost a job, and I was turning 50. And that hit me big time. Like, that was just like, because you know what? And what I realized was that, and I was a mess for months. And, and this is also true about your, the energy you attract. Because when you're a mess and when you're unhappy, bad things start happening. Well, but Karen, 50 is a milestone for a lot right. of people because, again, I'm, I'm going to be 50 in a couple, in about a year and a half. I'm going to turn 50. And, and you think to yourself, my goodness, how did I get to 50? How in the world did I get to 50 and, and do that? And so, yeah, I, I, I totally empathize with you there because that, that's a milestone age for a lot of people. Right. But was, I actually didn't mind turning uh, – 40 hit me worse than 50, but I digress. But honestly, for me, what happened, what I realized was my identity was with my job. So even though I yeah. was doing my health and wellness yeah. alongside of it, I was, I was, I'm Karen, and I, this is what I do for a living, and I do health and wellness on the side. You know what I mean? And I'm mom, and I'm this kind of a thing. So that was, it was three years ago. That's the question you're asking, to answer that question. It was that, I identified very much with that. And that's when it kind of hit me. And then, and then my, I was actually freelancing um, this, past, this past job. So I knew the job was ending March 31st. So mm -hmm. I and so I had in January. It was funny that everything happened. So in January, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to look for a job anymore. And I'm not yeah. knocking corporate America, so don't go crazy or yell at Brian or anything, people. This I'm not knocking it at all, <laughs> at all. I like yeah. I said, I loved advertising. I loved, I loved everything about it. I'm not knocking it all. But for me, I was like, okay, it's this isn't it anymore. My heart wasn't in it anymore. So yeah. I knew that in January, and so my contract ended March 31st. COVID hit beginning, you know, mid-March, and I was like, okay, that's it. It's time for me, for Karen, to, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to yeah. do the health and wellness full-time. So I had that, that 
weird, my job ending, what the hell do I do with my life, sorry, um, three years ago, mm. even though I knew the health or wellness, you know what I'm saying? But now this time it was more clarity. It was more, it was more like, you know what? No, this is the real time. Who knew nine months from, you know, who knew then what we'd be having now? Oh, this, yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But that, that's what happened for me. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. So take me through the biggest obstacle in your, in your life, career, things like that. And it could be, you know, going back to when you lost your father, that that's a huge obstacle. But take me through the biggest obstacle that you faced in your life and what was the lesson you learned from it? Oh, God. Okay, that's a good question. We try. <laughs> I, I really do try. There, It's the blind squirrel theory in full effect, Karen. <laughs> Sometimes the blind squirrel finds another every once in a while. Um. Actually, I don't know that my father dying was my big, biggest obstacle, um, but that led to so many things. Um, I've had a lot of different obstacles in my life that I've overcome. I, I always talk about how I get back down and get back up again. Um, infertility was one. I would say my top two, honestly, uh, before my father dying, uh, my father was also very ill for many, many years. So mm -hmm. um, an obstacle is also being a caregiver quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but um, infertility, I actually had um, secondary infertility trying to get pregnant with my son, and that was really, that's really, really, really difficult to get through, especially when you have already a child and what things, what people are saying to you and how people are reacting to you doing things that they may not believe in. Um, mm -hmm. My son is an IVF baby. Um, and, and, you know, I know that doesn't agree with a lot of people, but which is fine, and you're entitled to your opinion. Exactly. But I had to overcome that. Um, that was huge. Um, a lot. Well, you know what that and overcoming the when are you having a second child? You no, know? you know what that speaks to me, and I want to park here for just a second. What that speaks to me is how how desperately you value life. Yes. Because a lot of, and I know a ton of people that would give anything to have children. Yes. They they've gone through the different. Uh, I have a really good friend of mine. He and his wife ended up adopting a little girl because they tried everything to get pregnant and, and to have a child on their own. And they just, they physically could not. And, you know, again, it just proves, and, and whatever your stance is, right. I am staunchly pro-life. I'm, I'm unashamedly staunchly pro-life. Whatever you decide that you what what you want to do that that's up to you it's that's okay. between you and god you have to answer right, for that yourself exactly. but but I, I i i just i have to wonder out loud you and your husband wanted another child you, you wanted another child good grief i mean that yep. that's awesome you choosing life i mean that's and, and i mean to jump in there my <laughs> respect for you is is Thanks. i already had a great deal of respect for you anyway it just that just you know enhances that because you know what the decisions that that you yeah. made. You were going to another obstacle real quick, and I, I want to no, give I you just, that space uh, to do you that. You know, it was my father dying, but it was a matter of you know my 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 mom is seventy nine at the moment, and my dad would have been eighty one on Christmas Eve, and so they're from the era of you know they were very young when they got married, they had yeah. kids young, you know, and the mother and the wife did everything for the fa you know for the husband. Like that was yeah. the era. My parents got married in nineteen sixty two, and so when my father died. I actually remember after Shiva, because I'm Jewish, um, uh, you know, bringing my mom home back to Brooklyn and standing in her apartment saying to her, 
I don't want you dead and buried next to dad in a year from now. I was completely convinced yeah. that she was going to be dead next to him because she was so shy and so – I get my insanity from my father. And, um, Me too. You know, Me too. She was, yeah. she was so shy and so reserved. And I begged her to go back to the senior center. They had, they were both retired at the time. And I said, please go back to the senior center. I was really concerned that he was going to shrivel up and die next. I'm not even joking. Like, this is yeah. totally on. And so that was huge. And by the way, I've never been more excited to be proven wrong in my entire life. My mother was literally never home. Like, well, now That's wonderful. COVID. That is but, like, so good. She, like, she really came out and whatever. But that was a huge obstacle for me was, was oh, my God. Like, my father died. Here I have my widowed mother. What do I do? And and what do you do? And losing a parent's yeah. really like it's 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 you never get over it. You just want to live with You're it. You're exactly right. You're exactly right, Karen. I've got one more question, and and you've listened to the Intentional Encourager podcast. You know where I'm going with this. What's your biggest piece of intentional encouragement for folks out there today? Um, I knew where you're going, and I still don't know. You know what? My biggest piece of encouragement is to put one foot in front of the other. Honestly, you, I always say this. You never know what's going on inside somebody's house. You honestly don't. People could be smiling, and yet they're homeless. Like, you honestly never, never know. So the, the encouragement is, no matter what's going on, put one foot in front of the other. Because that's, that's movement, and, that's, and that gives you momentum to keep going. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. What a great place to end our conversation. Go to LinkedIn and connect with Karen there. Karen C-A-R-E-N, Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R. I would highly, highly encourage you to connect with her there. Um, any other platforms that folks can connect with you on or website that you want to share with folks? Um, you know, it, you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on both of those. And, you know, I my health and wellness company, if you ever want to check it out, it's www.karencooper.icogenics.com. You want to check it out, what it's all about. Karen, www.karencooper.icogenics.com.icogenics. Can you spell that again? I because <laughs> dummy me, I, I I jumped in there and interrupted. So so go ahead, take take I'll, take I'll folks through that. I'll spell it www.karencooper.icogenics.com is her website. Karen, this has been so much fun. What a great conversation we've had today. I so appreciate you joining me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. I thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. My thanks, as always, to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Meath. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember, everyone.